0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. My name is Jacob Rudner alongside my co-host Graham Hall. And Graham, uh, we're nearing the end. We're almost through the position group preview series of the Swamp 247 podcast where you and I go through every position group. On that Florida roster and take a look at what they've got and what they don't. We have done all but two spots. We have linebackers and secondary left. Uh, This will be our linebacker preview podcast. Uh, And for those of you who are curious, yes, we are combining. uh, We're doing a little combination in both groups, actually. Linebackers will be uh, inside and outside backers in one episode. Uh, Secondary will be all together. So safety corner, star, all of that uh, one podcast, but we have written content going up on the site. Uh, Linebackers are still grouped together, and then we will have the secondary split up corner and safety. Uh, Make sure you read those. But without further ado, Graham, let's talk linebackers here. Uh, This is a situation that Florida views as somewhat thin, and it has viewed it that way uh, since the spring, was unable to acquire any transfer talent via the portal in the months between spring practices and fall camp. Uh, And it left Florida in a situation where it is going to rely on a couple guys who are extremely experienced up the middle and then a bunch of dudes who are not. Uh, Give me the general overview. We'll start in the middle, uh, led by two seniors, Ventral Miller, Amari, Bernie. What else is there to know about that inside linebacker group?
1: Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of experience in that room, whether it's getting Ventral Miller back for his sixth season, a guy who now has played for his third season, head coach at the University of Florida. And, and then there's Amari Bernie, a guy who has kind of bounced around from a variety of positions. They even tried him at safety at one point in, in his career. And now he's kind of that weak side linebacker for Florida entering his fifth year. A lot of experience there, and that's even before getting to Brenton Cox. But there is a noticeable gap between those guys and the guys who are playing right behind them. You have a lot of underclassmen, some guys without a lot of experience. You also have a Juco transfer there in in DeWan Black and a few guys who were moved over from being edge rushers to playing more of an inside role like Derek Wingo. So I, I think certainly this is a room that is a lot of in progress right now, but there is some experience there. And as long as those experienced guys play at a high level... And stay healthy. I think that's a huge part of the equation. As long as they're able to do both of those things, I think that the unit is in a good place. But after them, there is a noticeable drop-off, even though there, like I said, are some promising pieces. And I haven't even mentioned the freshman in Shamar James, who Billy Napier uh, describes as an exceptional player. So if they're able to set up the next wave while getting some noticeable production, from the veterans in the room. I, I think that's a best case scenario for them right now, but certainly a lot of question marks before the
0: season. Sure. Let's actually talk about that experience real quick before we zoom in on the youth. Uh, it's one last dance now for Ventrell Miller and Amari Bernie. Uh, Miller, a sixth-year senior, Bernie, uh, a fifth-year senior. And these are two guys that Florida is going to look to not only to uh, lead play up the middle, but also to be leaders in general, given their experience uh, and age. Where are they at uh, in, in their development as players? Because you get through a certain amount of time at the college game and, and the improvement and the changes that you're making, they, they slow down uh, because you simply run out of those you know early career tweaks. Uh, is is Ventro Miller at, looking the best you've ever seen him? I mean, where does he stack up uh, o- over your experience of watching him? And then I guess the same question uh, for Amari Birdie. Well,
1: the few glimpses we've seen of Ventral Miller since he really returned from that torn biceps injury, I got to say, they've been a little bit few and far between. Let's go back to spring. He ends up missing more than half of camp due to a scheduling conflict. And throughout fall, you've seen him in a black non-contact jersey through much of the skill development groups. And while he was certainly able to do a lot of live action stuff and, and work with his unit, I think that it's hard to really get a sense of where he's at right now, knowing that a lot of the last year has been spent recovering, getting back into playing shape, learning a new scheme, and balancing his academic commitments. So I think when you think of all of those things combined, you get the sense that we still really don't know what you're going to get out of Ventrell Miller this season, whether it's going to be a high usage rate or they're going to play some guys who are behind him. Derek Wingo, DeWan Black, Scooby Williams, you know they have a few options that, while unproven, certainly some promising guys as well. If Ventrell is is still getting back to a hundred percent in any way, or if he's dealing with an ongoing ailment, I think that that is a huge question. But when it comes to his leadership, his confidence, where he's at as a a respected member of this program, I think that that is at an all time high. You know, a guy who could have taken the easy way out last year, gone to the NFL draft, and I don't mean that disrespectfully but coming back for his sixth year i don't think he really had much to prove at the collegiate level knowing that he kind of had a mid-round grade in the nfl if he were to choose to 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 go after last year you know come back play for a new coaching staff learn a new scheme return for his sixth year after he's already graduated now I, i think that that's a lot of you know selfless devotion to the program you could absolutely say that and you know A guy who, when we spoke to him in Atlanta, you wrote the story for Swamp 247, Jacob. Really kind of a revenge year for him. There's a lot of personal aspects of it coming into this year. So while I kind of am expressing a little bit of hesitance about how good he really can be, I think there's plenty of reason to believe that he's going to have maybe his best year yet, given the changes in defense, where he's at in being able to limit how much he was on the field throughout camp. I mean, you have to think that that kind of has allowed him to rest much more than he probably has throughout the last five years since he was a freshman. So I think that when you consider all those things, the personal aspect of this year, you could easily get the sense that Ventrell Miller is going to go into this year, look in to perform at a high rate and live up to that high standard.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think you bring up an interesting point where we really don't know what the Gators are going to get out of Ventrell Miller because he hasn't played enough throughout the spring uh, and into fall camp due to that non-contact jersey. Uh, and granted, we also don't know what is ailing him. It could be out of precaution. Uh, you mentioned the, the bicep injury and well, now Florida might be taking a cautious approach, uh, with a six year guy like him, they know what they're going to get. They know that he's a starter, no reason to put him in harm's way. I do think it brings us to an interesting point though, where there are questions about the depth behind Ventrell Miller. If something were to happen, uh, where he had to miss a play or two or a game or several games, uh, Who is stepping up? You've mentioned Shamar James as a possibility, uh, as a true freshman. Is there anybody else uh, that has stood out? And and then, obviously, tell me a little bit about Shamar James.
1: Yeah, I I think that Derek Wingo is an intriguing name to watch, a guy who really has spent the better part of the last year getting in shape, learning the inside linebacker position, and being able to kind of watch how Miller leads. I, I think that that's a guy that makes a whole lot of sense to lock down that role as the primary backup. We saw with the depth chart release that he is someone who they are going to count on even maybe a little more so than Dewan Black this year, who is a year ahead of him and maybe provides a little bit more from a frame perspective, a guy who can disrupt passing lanes a little bit more and, and has a lot of desirable speed. I I think that says a lot about where Wingo is at. Um, But when it comes to that weak side linebacker position with Amari Bernie starting there, That is one where I think you're going to see more freshmen play than many people are expecting. And that's one where I think Shamar James is actually going to start emerging as this on-field weapon for Florida as a true freshman, which is something that you don't see too often at the linebacker position. You can see it at secondary, hence the usage of DBU at places like Florida. But at linebacker, to have a guy who's able to be physically ready to play drop into coverage, pick up what the opposing team is doing, get into the backfield. To be able to do all of that as a 19-year-old, that's extremely difficult. And when someone is able to do that, I do think it speaks to advanced prowess, a higher skill level than you're used to seeing at the position. I, I get the sense that Florida knew that they had a really good player in Shamar James when he got to campus in June. But since he's been here for the past two and a half months, he really has kind of shattered those high expectations. It's not too often that you see a guy like Billy Napier, who has kind of limited a lot of his praise of certain positions. It's kind of rare to see him come out and call him exceptional. I think that that raises the bar for the expectations for for a guy like him, because normally you wouldn't want to put a high amount of pressure on a freshman. But they clearly think this is someone who, regardless of status, is going to play this year and I wouldn't be surprised if he was playing sooner than later if one of these elder statesmen in the room, Ventrell Miller or Amari Bernie, most likely the latter in a sense considering the position, if one of them were to kind of struggle in any sense, I could easily see them turning to a freshman to kind of uh, accelerate his progression and get a a fresh look there at weak side linebacker.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I, I actually think that, you know, people are going to see Shamar James right away. And I don't think it has anything to do with performance or, you know, injury. I think it has everything to do with just there's going to be a natural rotation at the position. And I, based on everything we've heard and and the depth chart that Florida released on Wednesday, and you know, granted, you you only put so much stock into those. Of course, teams aren't going to give everything away that they're planning on doing. But, you know, to list a true freshman as the second linebacker uh, and, and having heard words like, uh, exceptional football player. I and mean, we've heard Ventral Miller offer uh, praise for a guy like Shamar James. And, and you'd think that that wouldn't come as uh, it, it was such strong praise that you wouldn't expect if it weren't genuine. So I, I think that Florida has done a good job of uh, you know, putting the juice, if you will, behind Shamar James name. Uh, and I think that he's somebody that could see the field early as in one of the Florida's linebackers, particularly Bernie uh, needs time off. I think that could be your first linebacker on. Uh, let's let's shift over. We've we've talked about the depth and the starters on the inside. Uh, let's move to that outside linebacker position, the jack linebacker as Floyd calls it. Uh, right now, it belongs to Brenton Cox and, and him alone. Uh, just a tremendous athlete overall. Uh, you know, this is the guy who you and I both expect to lead the team in sacks uh, this year. I don't think there's anybody else who we really thought would be close. Uh, Tell me about Brenton Cox and his career progression, because I know that there are a lot of people uh, who have an interesting view of him, almost as if he hasn't tapped into all of his potential, despite having statistically a very good year last year.
1: Yeah. He's someone who I think has been very sure of their own talent since he was an early high school player. And, And I think that there is obviously a huge bright side to that. That leads you to play with a whole lot of confidence. It makes you, dedicated to getting better and you see that come out on the field i think in a variety of ways and and while that confidence is usually a good thing i do think at times at florida especially early in his career and even at georgia possibly it did lead to him to kind of maybe coast at times and he kind of for the first time maybe showed a little bit of progression in this the admission standpoint by coming out and owning that saying that last year listen even if there are reasons as to why I took plays off, I did take plays off. And I think that just seeing that is a different level of humility from Brenton Cox than a lot of people are used to seeing. And that is why I think people are thinking that he could be in for tor- turning a corner, elevating his game and playing it at the level that I think a lot of people expect him to play at at a more consistent rate. Last year, he had the Jones fracture. He had the the foot injury that, I mean, he had surgery six weeks before the season opener, right before preseason camp. There were people who expected him to miss much of the year. That was the rumor. I mean, you even saw it. Georgia fans were a little bit gleeful thinking that this former transfer was going to miss the season for Florida. Florida's arguably their best defensive player in that front seven. So I think that when you talk about Brenton Cox in regards to last year, you do need to kind of have a caveat on it, that this is someone who had a reason to coast and therefore did at times. And still I say all this, I preface all this by saying, still he was able to dominate in two statistical categories, get in the backfield and be an absolute menace while nowhere being close to a hundred percent for much of the season. I mean, having eight and a half sacks and 14 and a half tackles for loss. I think that those Are incredible metrics for someone who even had a a great year. And oftentimes that would lead you to be drafted off of statistics like that alone. But Cox arrived in January with the mindset of, listen, I'm going to get even better this year. No one saw what I can really do. If this was the last impression of me in the SEC, it's not one that I'm happy with. I can get better. We talked to him in spring and he said, I'm going to break that Alex Brown sack record Of 13 sacks that was set back in 1999 i have lofty goals this season let's do it and i think if you're a florida fan that not only speaks to his growth like i said but also should make you think that this unit is going to be a lot better than many people are expecting even though i i I think that you know they had the statistical categories from several players last year it wasn't an impressive unit as a whole but given everything that's been revamped having a healthy cox having two other guys back in that front seven and Miller and Jaron Dexter that have high expectations. This should be an absolutely, I think, dominant pass rush this year, and it starts with Brenton Cox
0: Jr. No doubt about it. I think one thing that will be interesting, in my opinion, to see how Brenton Cox evolves as a player, this role that he's playing, this Jack linebacker position, comes with a considerable amount of responsibility. Of course, he will still be asked to rush the passer. Uh, and utilize that ability of his that he showed off so well last year with the eight and a half sacks. And, and, and by the way, I should add, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to do more than eight and a half sacks uh, this year, especially after saying, you know, I wasn't with it 100% of the time last season. I wasn't giving my 100% effort on every single play. So, you know, you put that guy into a position where he understands that and he knows what he has to do on every single rep. Uh, you would think that the numbers will increase. But interestingly, I think that he will have to strike a balance uh, between being that very effective pass rusher while also being sound in coverage. And that brings me to my next point where this linebacker position, this jack position, will constantly play to the boundary. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, the football field can be divided into a field and boundary. The side of the field of the offense that has less room, so you're closer to the boundary, so the less space side, that is your boundary side. Your field side is when you have more space on that side. Brenton Cox will always play to the boundary. However, he can drop back into pass coverage and be replaced in Florida's pass rush by a player from a different part of the field. He is the hybrid guy who could drop back. That's what makes it the three, three, five defense. He is technically a linebacker. Where do you feel like Brenton Cox is at from a pass coverage standpoint, be it in zone or man, is that a responsibility you feel like he's ready for, or is this a pure pass rusher? And that could get a little hairy throughout the year.
1: I think that's a big question, Mark. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that with Brenton Cox, that always has been kind of a concern is his ability to drop into coverage. You saw it at times last year when he was playing that buck position, you saw him drop over the middle of the field and attempt to pick up slants, cover a tight end. And and I really think that it was, uh, it was lacking in several ways, whether it was in his coverage ability or the fact that he didn't really have the athleticism to stay with a lot of guys in the open field. I I think that that is a point of contention that he's looking to answer this season, whether or not he's actually going to be playing a role that requires him to drop too much. I I think, yeah, that remains to be seen in my mind. Um, I think he is more of a straight up pass rush, defensive end, rush end, whatever you want to say at the next level and it would behoove him to do that as much as possible so he's not putting really anything undesirable on film you talk we just talked about shamar james and and a linebacker who has the ability to cover i think that the coverage questions at the linebacker position whether it's at weak side or at the jack position are going to be something that results in a guy like shamar james being on the field or even dewan black being on the field knowing what he can do in passing lanes I, I, i think that absolutely that is a point of contention. And if I'm Brenton Cox, I do think there's a lot of people out there who are questioning my ability and coverage. And I have no doubt that given the haters out there and the doubters that he has spent time honing in on working on that, especially given what he's going to be asked to do, ideally in Patrick Tony's scheme.
0: Of course. And and given the responsibility, given the, the need for him to occasionally drop back into coverage uh, for him to be a pass rusher, it, it is, it's such a busy job he will need time off the field. There's no doubt about that. This is not a position that you can go and burn through every single rep, every single snap. Uh, who are the reserves at this position for Florida? Who who might we see when Brenton Cox needs to come off the field? Yes,
1: the Virginia native, um, Antoine Powell Ryland Jr. You know, that's a guy who added the hyphen in the offseason. Initially, it was Antoine Powell for those keeping track of Florida's roster. And he had been, I think, on the cusp for a long time, a guy who was size to play at defensive end. He initially was listed as a defensive lineman on Florida's roster, then kind of moved to that outside linebacker designation. And and now he kind of fits well here at the Jack position. I I think that the big question with Antoine isn't necessarily his capabilities, because again, we haven't gotten a great sense of how he does with, I think the, the details of the position, how he does outside of drills in game aspect, how he actually reacts and recovers. We haven't seen a lot of that stuff, but what we have seen is a guy who has the body, has the intelligence, has worked throughout camp behind Brenton Cox, and I think that knowing that they're going to need multiple guys to play that position, it's going to lead him to see the field. Another question mark, though, with him is his health. He picked up a minor injury, minor lower body injury midway through fall camp. He was in a non-contact jersey. He did return but that's someone that may still need a little bit of time getting back. They're going to maybe rotate a third guy into that room as well, whether that's a guy like Scooby Williams, whether that, you know, whether you could see Derek Wingo even play there, given his speed on the outside. Uh, I I don't know what they do there right now, but this is where kind of we talk about the numbers concerns. If any of those starting guys, Brent Cox, Ventro Miller, Amari Bernie goes down, I think that it is a tenuous, precarious situation behind those guys, because you have players who have moved from one room to another, or maybe don't have any experience at the position. And and that really kind of leads to a little bit of uneasiness from a coaching standpoint. And of course, if you're a fan out there,
0: no doubt, I'm going to ask you one, uh, very brief, predictive question, uh, ask you to give me a figure here. Uh, what's your, what's your guess on Brenton Cox sack sack total this season?
1: That's tough. I'm actually going to go with less than eight and a half. Um, It's just such a a tough statistic. I I hate for people to rip me out there for it. I do think that he has more tackles for loss this season, whether that is an indication of where he's at, just how Florida's pass rush is going to be utilized. And I think that also you're going to see him facing, um, you know, a, a double team at times. And that's honestly one of the highest honors for a lot of guys out there. If you go watch guys at the next level, the J.J. Watts, the, you know, the Aaron Donalds of the world, what really they're more proud of a lot of the time is when you see on film that it takes three offensive linemen to block them and it allows one of their teammates to get freed up and record one of those coveted statistics. And you know we say all the time that statistics don't always tell the full story. I think that absolutely right then and there, that is a, a point to that, that if Brenton Cox is able to command the attention of, other, of multiple offensive linemen and that allows someone else to be freed up and it gives Florida the ability to drop more guys in coverage, I think that they will take that over this guy getting a couple extra sacks this season. If he gets six, six and a half, and Javon Dexter gets a few more, and guys like Justice Boone and Princely and Tyreek Sapp all contribute in that regard and it's more evenly dispersed, I think that Brenton Cox will sleep better at night knowing that the film will show that he was a big part of that happening, whether he gets credited with the sack or not.
0: There you go. And if you were curious for my prediction, I'm going to go with seven and a half sacks for Brenton Cox. So I'm with we're you. both Bam. going under.
1: Let's we're do going,
0: it. We're going under, but not because it's a worse season. Let me just be clear. I think that he just has a more dynamic role, uh, as Graham said, that will lead to a natural uh, reduction in those numbers. But... Uh, That should do it for our linebacker preview. We heard inside and outside linebacker here. Uh, And we've only got one more of these. The secondary preview uh, should be coming up as well. So make sure you stay tuned to our YouTube and to our Spotify. Hit that subscribe button uh, and definitely make sure you keep our post notifications on. And as always, make sure you head on over to swamp247.com to check out all of our written content. Every single one of these podcasts has a written component to it to get you even more prepared for the upcoming Florida season, which kicks off, Graham, in just over 24 hours. You and I are recording this. It's Friday, September 2nd, 1.15 in the afternoon as I say this, uh, and we are right there. So if you want all things Florida content, make sure you head on over again to swamp247.com where we've got you covered. Uh, For Graham Hall, my name is Jacob Rudner, and we will see you on the next episode. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen.